Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 1, 1 through 6, called God's Amazing Love. When you are called by God, you know, a lot of people think, if I'm going to start coming to church, I'm going to clean up my life first, because you know what, if I, if I cross that threshold of that church sanctuary, lightning is going to strike, I can guarantee it. You know, and usually when people say that, I just back away personally because I don't want to take any chances, right? But the point is, when we come to Christ, we come just as we are. He knows what you've been up to. He knows your mistakes. He knows that you've been blowing it. And he calls you to himself. And he makes you holy. You see, practically, you don't always feel holy, but positionally, you are holy. Go to 1 Peter 1. Now, Peter is trying to emphasize that what we are practically, we should be excuse me, what we are positionally, we should be practically, First Peter in the back of the New Testament. And so he does give this exhortation to the believers. He's talking about their faith, which is more precious than gold. And he says in 1 Peter 1.13, therefore, gird your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You're gonna see that adoption is a major theme in Ephesians, and so Paul using the, excuse me, Peter using the image of a parent-child relationship says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. We all know we were ignorant before we were saved and of course before we understood God's word. But like the Holy One, 1 Peter 1.15, who called you, he called you to himself, we're gonna see more of that, be holy yourselves also in how much? In all your behavior. You know, was it W.C. Fields who said he, wrote, he read the Bible and he said, I'm looking for loopholes. Well, when you see words like all in all your behavior, it can be a real bummer because when you're looking for loopholes, you don't find them in the Bible. He says, I want you to be holy in all your behavior. Now, did... Peter knows something about not being holy in all his behavior. Of course he did. See, as human beings, we're going to fall short, but we are striving to be consistent. Um, I wrote a, a young man recently, and I said to him, trying to encourage him, that, you know what, uh, I read a teacher who said at the end of every year, on December 31st, he looks back at the previous year, and he says these words. He says, I am not yet the man that I want to be but I am certainly not the man that I used to be. And see, that's what it means to be sanctified. We're not gonna be perfect this side of heaven. We all know that, right? That's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why he lived the perfect life. But as he is conforming us into the image of Jesus Christ, we are becoming holier. And we start to realize that in our lives when we hear words that used to flow out of our lives and now they kind of bother us. Uh, have you experienced this? You watched a movie, and this will date me, but <laughs> you watched a money movie 20 years ago you thought was hilarious. And then you said, hey, let's go back and watch that movie. And you remembered the scenes that were pretty funny. And then you go back and watch that movie and you go, oh my goodness. Did I forget about these other parts that were in this movie? And uh, man, it just shows you 
where your heart is. And so those were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. In Hebrew, in the Hebrew uh, picture language, holy is kadosh. And it means that which comes from the threshing floor. The temple was built on a threshing floor. And when you thresh the wheat, what you do is you throw it up in the air. And when the wind blows, it blows away the chaff and the wheat comes down. And holiness means that which comes from the threshing floor. And in order to be holy, you're going to go through some stuff. God's going to blow the chaff out of your life. And the more chaff that goes out of your, your life, the more practically holy you become. But that is a process. We have to understand the difference between justification and sanctification. Justification happens in a moment. The moment you repent of your sin, trust in Jesus Christ, and turn to him, he gives you all of the perfect righteousness of Christ imputed to your account by faith, and you are now positionally holy before God because of the finished work of Jesus. Now, But now, sanctification, practical holiness is going to be worked out for the rest of your life. That's why Paul in his letters starts with doctrine so you can understand who you are and why you are who you are because Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it or made it white as snow. And then I respond to the grace of God by living for his glory because I'm saved, not to get saved. Are you with me? This is the biggest reason why so many people go wrong. This is the a premise for much of the cults in our world as they try to convince people that you have to do something. No, it's already been done. You have to receive it as a gift and then you live in response to that gift. And if you address as Father 17, as Father, the one who impartially judges according to each man's work, conduct yourselves in fear during your time of your stay upon the earth, knowing that you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your feudal way of life, inherited from your forefathers, but you, notice in context, were redeemed with the precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. And so that's how we're saved. And God is up to something now, and if you wondered what he's up to, he's up to making you holy. Romans 8.29 says he is conforming us into the image of Jesus Christ. Back to Ephesians 1. And see, so you are a saint, you may not be able to fully fathom that, but you are. You're a saint in Christ Jesus. So he writes to the saints who are at Ephesus, who are, here's the next word that jumped out at me, faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, it's one thing to be a saint, and it is something else to be faithful. The word faithful in verse 1 is pistos in Greek, and it is the idea of trustworthy, trustworthiness. Part of what God is doing in our lives is building into us faithfulness. He wants us to be faithful. Think of the image. Ephesians is about the groom Jesus and the bride Christ. We've just recently finished the book of Hosea, and the whole book of Hosea is about a faithful husband to a wayward bride. One of God's uh, goals in conforming us into holiness is that we would be a faithful people, faithful to our word. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no right? If, if you make a covenant, if you make a promise, keep it. That's one way that you can show that you are in Christ because 
our faith, obviously, lived out is what shows that we truly belong to Christ. He says in verse 2, grace to you. Don't you love that? Grace to you. Maybe we should say that to each other more often. Maybe we should give more grace to each other more often. I like the phrase grace to me. I'm not sure I like it as much when I have to say grace to you. Now, there was a a Greek greeting that they used to give to each other, and the Greek greeting was rejoice, and it was connected to the word for grace. Grace is the Greek word, a beautiful Greek word called charis, and it means the benevolence of God. It's the goodness of God freely bestowed without any strings attached, and it's so fitting that this letter would have in verse 2, grace to you, but it doesn't stop there. Grace to you and, notice, peace. The Greek word for peace is irene. The Hebrew equivalent is shalom. Shalom is a greeting for the Jews. And so you could say that Paul combined the Western and Eastern greetings to come up with this beautiful phrase, of, of course, inspired by the Spirit, grace to you and peace. You could say rejoice because God's given you grace and shalom. Shalom is much more than peace. I hope everything goes well. It speaks of total well-being. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew picture language, the word shalom, peace, literally means to destroy the author of chaos and to deal with root issues. That is the definition of shalom from the Hebrew picture language, to destroy the author of chaos. What does God do when he imparts peace to a believer? He destroys the author that brings chaos, and that's Satan. And what he does is he deals with the root issues, and the root issues of all root issues is sin. We just sang about our hearts are desperately wicked from the book of Jeremiah. Who can understand them? But God comes and he deals with the root issue, and he gives us in the new covenant a new heart where we get new desires. We become partakers of the divine nature. No, we're not little gods. No. But we are human beings indwelt by the Spirit of God. We are human beings now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And by virtue of His presence in our lives, we now start to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the byproduct of Him in our lives. One of those fruits is peace. Grace to you and peace, it comes from, here's its source, verse 2, from God our Father. And isn't it beautiful that Paul calls God our Father? That's how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Not only does it come from God our Father, but it comes from, notice the conjunction and, it indicates equivalence. It comes from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, indicating that Jesus is equal with God and he is the source of peace. And so what we offer the world is not a temporary peace or a pseudo-peace. We offer a deep, lasting reality that goes to the deepest of man's issues. It deals with the root of all issues, sin, death, and all that we struggle with in this life. They, They asked Harrison Ford famous for the Indiana Jones movies and other movies. If you could have one thing in your life that you don't have right now, what would you have? And he said, inner peace. Sitting on top of a fortune of money, famous, probably can have anything that he wants. And the interviewer says, what's the one thing that you want that you don't have? Inner peace. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And to deal with root issues. That is the definition of shalom from the Hebrew picture language. To destroy the author of chaos. What does God do when he imparts Peace to a believer, he destroys the author that brings chaos, and that's Satan. And what he does is he deals with the root issues, and the root issues of all root issues is sin. We just sang about our hearts are desperately wicked from the book of Jeremiah. Who can understand them? But God comes and he deals with the root issue, and he gives us in the new covenant a new heart where we get new desires. We become partakers of the divine nature. No, we're not little gods. No, but we are human beings indwelt by the Spirit of God. We are human beings now the temple of the Holy Spirit, and by virtue of His presence in our lives, we now start to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the byproduct of Him in our lives. One of those fruits is peace. Grace to you and peace, it comes from, here's its source, verse 2, from God our Father. And isn't it beautiful that Paul calls God Our Father, that's how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Not only does it come from God, our Father, but it comes from, notice the conjunction and, it indicates equivalence. It comes from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, indicating that Jesus is equal with God and he is the source of peace. And so what we offer the world is not a temporary peace, or a pseudo-peace, we offer a deep, lasting reality that goes to the deepest of man's issues. It deals with the root of all issues, sin, death, and all that we struggle with in this life. They, They asked Harrison Ford, famous for the Indiana Jones movies and other movies, if you could have one thing in your life that you don't have right now, what would you have? And he said, inner peace. Sitting on top of a fortune of money, famous, probably can have anything that he wants, and the interviewer says, what's the one thing that you want that you don't have? Inner peace. See, that's what we all long for. 
For this bright, successful Chicago attorney, the rock on which he built his faith would prove more valuable than earthly possessions in the devastating crisis he was to face in his early 40s. Horatio G. Spafford's only son died just months before his large real estate investment was wiped out in the Chicago fire in 1871. Reeling from the family and financial loss, Spafford planned a trip to Europe for his family to coincide with an evangelistic crusade with D.L. Moody. At the last minute, a business development delayed him, but as scheduled, he sent his wife and four daughters ahead on the SS Ville du Harve to cross the Atlantic Ocean to Great Britain, where he was planning to join them a few days later. The ship carrying his precious family was struck by an English vessel and sank in 12 minutes. All four of his daughters drowned. His wife survived the disaster and was taken to Wales, where she cabled her husband with the words, saved alone. Right away, Spafford left by ship to join his wife. The captain of his vessel, knowing his deep bereavement, paused in his journey across the ocean to show Spafford the place where Bessie, Annie, Maggie, and Tanetta had drowned. It was there that the sorrows, like sea billows, rolled over his soul. Knowing that God regarded my helpless estate, he penned the words that have brought deep comfort to generations of those facing unfathomable sorrows. He wrote the famous hymn, It is well with my soul. See, in Christ, even though we do go through difficulty, and Shane just sang a song about we go through pain and difficulty and trials, yet he reigns. And we can have a supernatural peace that passes understanding even through the deep valleys and troubled waters of this life. Grace to you and peace. It comes from God our Father and it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ because he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Paul says in verse three, blessed be, and Paul is doing what scholars call the song of blessing. He's breaking into rejoicing song, if you will. He says, blessed be. We have a song that we sing those lyrics in, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And why do we sing this song? Because he has blessed us with how many? With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Why do we bless his name? The word bless is eulogetas. It's to adore, to praise Uh, It comes from the Greek word eulogia, where we get the English word eulogy. When we give a eulogy at a memorial service or a funeral, we speak well of the person. We highlight their life. We highlight all the good things that they did. Well, what Paul is doing is highlighting the goodness of God. He's eulogizing God. He's He's speaking well of God. Blessed be the Lord. Amen? We should be saying that. When When we sing our worship songs, When we're going about our day, blessed be the God and Father. He is blessed because he gives blessings to us. Every spiritual blessing is ours in Jesus Christ. Now, the word spiritual there in your Bible is the Greek word pneumatikos. It always connects to the work of the Holy Spirit. So what are the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ? Well, the rest of chapter one is gonna tell us what those blessings are, but let's just highlight a few of them. Look at verse four. He chose us in him. Is that a blessing? Yeah, God chose you. 
He made you, look at the end of verse four, holy and blameless before him. Is that a blessing? Yes. Look at verse five. He predestined us to what? Adoption. Oh, is that a blessing? Yes. Look at verse seven. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. You know where I'm going. Blessing upon blessing. Look at verse 13. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you are sealed in him with the Holy Spirit. God has given us his Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Look at chapter 2. Look at verse 4. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, this is going to be a blessing verse, in our transgressions made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and he has raised us up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus in order that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now, there's just a few, folks. These are radical spiritual blessings. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. As a matter of fact, we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ, and all that belongs to him one day will belong to us. We've been adopted into his family. We are loved by God. These are the blessings, the impartation of divine favor. In the Hebrew picture language, the word blessed is barak, It means the sun covered. It speaks of an open hand that covers. I've shared this in a recent message from Luke. The word picture is a person on their knees before the patriarch of a family or in prayer to God, and the patriarch is imparting the blessing to them. And this is the word we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. The image is of the high priest from Leviticus 9. You can write down verses 22 through 24. He's at the tabernacle. In this case, it's Aaron. And he's lifting up his hands and blessing the people. And our great high priest in heaven ever lives, if I can replace some words, to bless us. Now, Hebrews 7.25 says he ever lives to intercede for us, but he's our advocate on high, and he lives, he's in heaven, wanting, desiring, and dispensing blessings. That's what he does. He blesses us with every spiritual blessing. He is the source of blessing. James 1.17 says, every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting or shadow. Go to Second Peter for a second, chapter 1. Second Peter 1, look at verse 2 with me. Peter's going to highlight these blessings, and here's what he says. These are not only spiritual, heavenly blessings, but they're very practical as well. Second Peter 1, look at verse 2. Peter, using this common uh, blessed greeting, says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you, Second Peter 1, 2, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power, Second Peter 1, 3, has granted to us, how much? Everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them, by the promises, you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. 
In Romans 8, Paul says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Johnny Erickson Tata, back to Ephesians, the quadriplegic, who I shared with you Sunday, heard some people whining at a women's event. You remember this story? She was in the back. People couldn't find seating. Some women had to seat, sit on the floor and there was a bunch of uh, murmuring going on and word came back to Johnny and she wheeled out in her wheelchair and she can't even wheel herself, can't even move her limbs. She got wheeled out and said, I heard that there's a bunch of people in this auditorium complaining about the seat that God gave them. Ouch. You've been listening to God's Amazing Love, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 1, 1 through 6. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, please follow Walk in Truth on social media. Walk in Truth's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow us at Walk in Truth Show. Hey, one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. And thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, would you please become a partner of at least $5 a month? You can visit walkintruth.com to donate, or you can call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 1, 1 through 6, called God's Amazing Love. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.